Welcome to Inspired by Her, the podcast that will give you the inspiration, motivation, and tips for success from some of the top executives, CEOs, and influencers from around the globe. With your host, serial entrepreneur, and named one of the most influential Filipina in the world, Kate Hancock. Today's episode is sponsored by Usual Wines. I would love to drink more wine, but I'm worried about the sugar content. That is why I really love this wine. But don't grapes contain sugar? To clarify, all usual wines are produced using natural, sustainable grapes harvested every fall. These grapes are picked at optimal ripeness to ensure all sugar will be fermented completely until the wines are dry with no residual sugar. I do love the fact that it is single serve. I waste so much wine because I can't finish it in one sitting. Go check out their website at www.usualwine.com and use my discount code Kate Hancock for $8 off your first order and try your first glass on us. And we are live. Hi, everyone. This is Kate. And today I have a wonderful guest, Shelly Zales. Hi, Shelly. Hey, how are you, Kate? Excited <laughs> to be with you here live. Yes. So everyone, Sh- Shelly is, uh, is known as the chief troublemaker is a pioneer of online research, a movement leader, and champion of gender equality. She's also a founder of See Her. She's done a lot of things. A movement led by the Association of National Advertiser to increase the accurate portrayal of women and girls in advertising and media. Now, Shelley has also been awarded the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award, which is that is the hardest award, Shelly, and the Global Marketing Leadership Award. So ARF, Great Minds in Innovation Award, AWNY, Game Changer Award, and the Matrix Award. Wow. Yeah. My greatest accomplishment, though, is my three beautiful poo-poo-poo children that are 23, 25, and 28, and my incredible husband who just supports me through all my crazy, weird, zigzag moments, which are quite a few. And you just mentioned they're, now they're traveling to Miami, right? They Today, believe it or not, my 28-year-old son named Alex is mm-hmm. marrying the most beautiful woman. Her name is Adina, and today was supposed to be their wedding day in Israel. <sighs> They were getting married in Israel um, because it's where my father is buried. Uh-huh. So they wanted to honor my father. And of course, with COVID, um, we've <clears throat> had to postpone uh, TBD and they've really embraced it. Listen, it's really mm-hmm. hard with how we all have to pivot in this moment of uncertainty and unprecedented moments where there is no textbook, no rule book mm-hmm. for you know where we are and where we're going. You just got to embrace life, live in the moment and know that there's always this silver lining. And so we were laughing because May in Israel is usually the most beautiful time climate wise. Mm -hmm. And this week 
which has never happened before. They are having this incredible heat wave where the weather's normally 70, 75 in Israel. It's now 100 up to 105. So I said to the kids, oh my see, God. aren't you glad that you didn't get married in Israel today? Because it would have been unbearable climate. So you know what? You got to always look for you know the, the, glass, the glass half full instead of the glass half empty. So who knew? Absolutely. Yeah, I could just imagine being a wedding gown in 110. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so, you know, there's, there's always a reason, right? Mm-hmm. You know, there Absolutely. is always a reason. And, you know, when one door closes, a new one opens. And, you know, we talk a lot about this moment of social distancing. I mm-hmm. think we're physically distancing, but more socially connected than ever before. And a lot of the experiences that we are going through right now, you know, I, I hope that we don't go back to normal or people talk about the new normal. Mm-hmm. I'd love to start thinking about how we're going to create a better normal, how we're going to create a more equitable normal and start taking advantage of all of these moments that we're experiencing now that are goodies like let's keep the goodies let's get rid of the junk in the trunk from the past and just close that door and open a new one of you know opportunity you know across the board and not be afraid of that you know i think this is a really powerful pause moment to you know not think about what we're gonna do the to-do list but really the to-be list you know who do we want to be mm-hmm. um, as we emerge into you know our next chapter into our future I think yeah. it's such a exciting moment for all of us absolutely now Shelly can you tell me what was your journey like to get where you are Oh my goodness. So, you know, I, I really did not have a predefined um, journey. And mm-hmm. a lot of people said, well, how did you know what you wanted to do or who you wanted to be or, you know, what kind of company? And I said, you know what? I've never known what I've, where I was going. The, the best experiences, you will know what you don't want. The more mm-hmm. things you do, you'll be able to know what you don't. And then you land on what you do want. I don't talk about the cognitive or the rational that you could talk yourself in or out of something because then you make some of the wrong choices. Mm -hmm. I always, I call them heartbeat moments. I really Mm -hmm. finally understood, follow your heart, female intuition. It's when you go where you feel right then you know in that moment, that's where you belong. And, you know, I always say when you love what you do, it's called passion. When you don't, it's called stress. So I have always gone for the purpose and passion, Mm -hmm. not for necessarily the money. Money. Because when you do follow the money, you might make the wrong choices in life. You might not be satisfied. You might not feel fulfilled. You You might not be, you know, on that journey that, really feels rewarding or that you're going to look back in life and say, wow, I'm so proud of myself of what I've done. And every step along my journey, whether it was good or bad, they were all learning experiences and helped shape who I am today as a leader, um, helped shape the work that I am doing today because I've wanted to give back to so many women what I wish I had rising the ranks. Yeah. Um, and 
I have a no regret policy. I never want to look back in life and say shoulda, woulda, coulda. You know, I want to think forward and then live in that moment and, mm-hmm. and you know, make those decisions. And so my whole career, I would say, you know, will I feel bad about that decision that I made? Will I feel bad that I went on a business trip and missed my kids' play? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is yes, then I didn't do it. And if the answer was no, I did. And no one later in life, especially in the workplace, is going to remember that meeting that you missed, that trip you didn't take. But I can guarantee you, your kids or whoever you know you were making that choice for will remember those moments. And um, those were priceless moments. So um, my journey has been crazy. I started in market research. That really was, and I fell into that by accident. I mean, all of my moves were by accident. Mm. And I just kept propelling myself to making those decisions. But I started in market research at a very tiny little company of five people, mm-hmm. four women. And our boss was um, a, a guy named Valdev Videra, Dave Videra from India who wore wallabies, which you probably don't even know what those are, and corduroy pants and red socks, um, the red socks for good luck. And he taught me so many things in life that I will never forget about the power of relationships, Mm. how everyone's voice matters. We had a brilliant idea jar that when you had a brilliant idea, whether someone else thought it was brilliant or not, you put it in this jar and every night before we closed down the office, we would sit around in a circle and pull out the ideas and have a glass of wine and, and talk about them. And it was so inspiring. And so he taught me so many important life lessons about relationships. And then I moved to a bigger company called ASI. And um, I learned the power of team, you know, that mm-hmm. we all need to cover each other, especially when I started, you know, having children and, and, um, I would negotiate, you know, uh, a company is not going to say, all right, take this moment off or don't. But I realized that we all have a life, whether mm-hmm. we have children or not, everyone has priorities. And so if you become interchangeable and share skills with, you know, your coworkers, that is a great thing. You know, even yeah. if you're making them smarter, I found that to be the best way to share job responsibilities. I'd say, I got to go to my kid's softball game, but I'll cover you tomorrow with your client, you know, mm-hmm. so that you can go on a date or, you know, yeah. whatever. And so I grew a lot in that part of my life. And I also started realizing when I went to a bigger company that the only way to define myself was to believe in me and mm-hmm. that my differences were my greatest strength and I shouldn't hide them and conform. Um, and that's when I started following my heart and I pioneered online research mm-hmm. in a day and age where only wealthy old men with broadband were online. And of course, then I left to build my own company. And, and then that was a whole, you know, amazing, you know, concept. I was the first in the world to pioneer online research. So I am the mother of that invention. Now online is the new normal for research. And then from there, I sold my company and stayed five years at a global organization you know, so my company was doing about 60 million of profitable revenue with 250 wow. employees in six cities. Um, I sold to a company doing $2.6 billion of revenue wow. operating in 83 countries, 16,000 employees. Um, so lots of life, life lessons from that chapter of my life. And then five years ago, I uh, left and I started my company, The Female Quotient, um, mm-hmm. all about advancing women and advancing equality in the workplace. And that is where I am today. I love it. 
I love, I love that. Now, um, Shelly, what was the city or town you grew up in like? So I um, was born in San Francisco, mm-hmm. lived in Germany for a couple of years. My father was a cardiologist in the army. So I was an army brat. So I lived on a San Francisco base and in a, a base in, in uh, Germany. Um, and then we moved to Los Angeles when I was maybe six years old. Um, so mm-hmm. really grew up in Los Angeles and then went to school in New York. Uh, I went to Barnard. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I've had, uh, you know, great experiences. Now I live on United Airlines. I'm a three million miler and I'm, you know, <laughs> a woman of the world. I, I really do pop in and out of countries, helping women all over the world. So it's been, you know, quite an amazing journey. But Los Angeles, I, I love living in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I'm one of four girls. So my parents raised four daughters and, you know, all of my sisters were great friends. We complement each other. Um, people ask my parents all the time, how did you raise four daughters that weren't, you know, competitive with each other? I mean, it really was um, a, a great childhood for me. Um, and my parents really taught me, A, that you, you know, confidence, I, I, I coined the phrase, confidence is beautiful. You got to believe in yourself if you want others to believe in you. Um, and also to value, you know, one who is wealthy is one who's happy with what she has. And mm-hmm. so we've never defined ourselves um, material with material value. Um, actually, if you ask people in my family what I do for a living, they probably wouldn't even know because that never defined me either. Mm-hmm. It was about giving back, paying it forward, um, and building community and living in a community. So I was raised in um, a, a neighborhood where we, we had a great community, you know, helping each other, supporting one another. And I think that really was, you know, some of the most important life lessons that I didn't even know I was learning. I was experiencing them. And then my mother, who is um, 83, she is, she's like a 60 year old. She's amazing. Lives on my block. Um, She was the first, she worked for Pete Wilson, the former governor Mm -hmm. of the state of California. And she started the first conference for wo- for women wow. in Los Angeles, mm. in Long Beach. And it was only about four years ago, where now here I am empowering women, advancing women, bringing visibility to the unsung and, and having women realize that their, their invisible strengths are actually the greatest qualities of leadership today. I, I was giving a speech to thousands. I'm like, oh my God. My mother created the first conference for women in the state of California. And here I am doing these pop-up lounges, you know, all over the world. And I I never really thought about that. And I called my mom and I said, mom, thank you for this incredible inspiration that was subliminal. And all of a sudden, you know, I hear myself speaking sometimes, you know, because I can't when I'm in the moment. But if someone passes Mm -hmm. me a video that I did, I never watch my own videos. I'm like, wow, I am my mother's daughter, you know, an apple definitely does not fall far from the tree. So I, I, she is really such an inspirational role model. Um, and that unconditional love um, from both of my parents, my father passed a couple of years ago, but mm. um, invaluable. I could not have asked for um, really a, a better childhood, mm-hmm. um, which has propelled me to really wanting to be that same kind of parent to Mm. my children 
the same kind of partner with my husband and really living life in the moment. You know, my father always said that if they left an inheritance of money for all of their children, we didn't live life. And so Mm -hmm. we would do family trips every other year. We chased total solar eclipses. um, And we're now a family of like 22 traveling all over the the world together. And, And that connection between all of us, I think, is what keeps us so connected as a family. Wow. Now what's, what's your, um, what is the name of the conference that your mom created? That's amazing. It was uh, the governor's conference for women. I think that's what it was called. Yeah. And I mean, Maria Shriver took it over after a few years and um, I, you know, but it was a, a, she had 5,000 women in Long Beach coming. And I remember thinking to myself, I I must've been 30 years old. Now I'm 58. Um, I have to look up what year that was. I I don't know, but I I showed up at this. I didn't know what it was. I was just going to support my mother. I was Mm -hmm. not, you know, in the female space. I was, you know, I had a job and I remember thinking, Oh my God, where did all these women come from? And, and how beautiful to see, you know, all these speakers and all these women asking questions and, um, and everyone had a box lunch and you had different tracks to choose. Uh-huh. And wow. I mean, it blew my mind. And it wasn't until later that I really appreciated that. And um, I loved the vulnerability and the, the, the authenticity of the, the speakers and the, the audience interaction. Hmm. So who knew that? I yeah. And that's, today. and that's what everyone's crazy. doing right now. And your mom is yeah. like, amazing. She started that very first conference for women. That's amazing. Yeah. She's, she's a badass. My mom's a badass. Wow. Wow. Now, um, what kind of kid are you in high school, Shelly? You know, it's so funny because I did not know people. I, I did have most, um, most likely to succeed, but which is strange because I didn't even know that I, people felt that way about me. I actually Mm -hmm. thought once I got married, I would be a stay at home mom and raise Mm -hmm. my children and be PTA president and um, do good in, in, in the world, but not, you know, in a business sense, because my mother, as we were growing up, was a, a, a mom. She was involved in a lot of foundations and, you know, yeah. stuff like that, but I really had no idea. Um, and so I saw my yearbook and I started laughing cause I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I was uh, very social, you know, I had mm-hmm. a lot of amazing friends. I was a tennis player, so I played tennis. Um, so I hung out with a lot of athletes. Um, but I, I was, you know, a kid that wore, you know, 501, Levi's and um, tennis shoes and, and love to live life. I was not a, a textbook kind of girl. I did mm-hmm. not like studying in high school or in college for that matter. For me, the greatest life lessons, and I went to an Ivy League school, so like I did have to study a little bit, but the, the courses I did the best in were ones that were more what you learned on the street. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I loved meeting people and coming into my dorm and hearing someone play on the piano, like this incredible concert pianist. And, and I would go and we had mainframe computers, these big, we didn't have these little, you know, laptops or uh-huh. we didn't have cell phones. Um, it was really the social 
interactions that I feel was my my best education that mm-hmm. I've ever had. And and even in high school, you know, I knew how to get by with what I needed to get good grades, but I was really, you know, more that uh, social person in school, um, having great, you know, networks of friends. And, you know, when we hung out, you know, I told I'm 58. So high school was, uh, I graduated from high school in 1979 and college in 1983. So a really long time ago for us, entertainment was we'd go to our friends' houses and we had like vinyl records. We'd put the record on and play and (laughs) play the songs and hang out. You know, that was like really fun for us. Uh, You know, so now I look at how we've evolved, you know, uh, across different generations, very different perspective. But, um, you know, I went to a, a great high school that had, you know, thousands of kids, but we, you know, had our groups, but I always felt that, um, you know, and I was homecoming court. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Mitch Gaylord actually was my date for homecoming. He was the Olympian perfect 10, the gymnast, wow. um, which is pretty funny, but we were pretty inclusive school. Like, you know, mm-hmm. there, of course there's always the popular kids, but I, I felt that it was, a, a just a really happy experience for me in high school. And when I went to, I think I went to my 20 year reunion. I think I missed the 10 year one because I was living in New York. I think I went to my 20 year reunion. Um, and it was so great to see friends that I have not stayed connected with. Sometimes I'll get a, a message from people, but they all, you know, a lot of them follow what I'm doing. And it just, it just felt good. You know, it didn't Mm. matter how many years passed. I mean, that, that bond, that support system, those experiences that we shared translated even to 20 years later, where we were all sharing where we were at, at this stage of life. It was wonderful. That's amazing. Now, Shelly, what is your favorite aspect of being entrepreneur? Um, you know, I think for me, I have a philosophy, which is I need to be the first, the second, and the third. Hmm. When you're an entrepreneur, you build things that are firsts, and you usually, you know, fail. We talk a lot about failure. For me, I embrace all of my failures because they, you know, if you don't try, you don't know. And yeah. if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're certainly not going to be an innovator. Um, and so, you know, for me, the first is always the one that comes up with this crazy idea, but there's no ecosystem. There's no funding. No one thinks mm. you're right because you're a little too ahead of the curve. The second is the copycat. They copy everything you've done, but they don't really know what's under the hood. Mm. The third is the sweeper. They win. They get the money. They get to pick up where you left off and they get to go. So for me as an entrepreneur, I have always said to myself, I need to be the first, the second, and the third because no one is going to beat me at my own game. And so that really has always been my philosophy. Being an entrepreneur, it's scary, you know, because you're building, you're putting yourself out there, you're trying new things. Um, But for me, it is so exciting. And had I not have taken that plunge, that leap, I would definitely Mm -hmm. not have created some of the things that I have created. And being the first is hard, really. It is scary. But I also have realized that when you, there's always a yes. There's always a solution. You just have to find 
away, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are like, no, no, no. But with every no, there is a yes. You just got to twist it up and find that little niche. Um, So I have found that you got to look for the hole, Hmm. you know? And the first question when I pioneered on my research, I remember going to Warner Brothers and I knew nothing about the entertainment industry because I came from the package good industry. And I said to the head of research at Warner Brothers, are you perfectly satisfied with how you do research today, which was mall intercept? Uh-huh. They looked at me and he said, how could anyone be perfectly satisfied? I'm satisfied, but I'm not perfectly. That word perfect was mm-hmm. my hole, was the loophole. Wow. And I said to him, well, I don't know what I'm doing, but let's do it together. You know, we'll, we'll learn together in full transparency, what works, what doesn't, and, and let's move forward. And the second loophole they had exclusivity mm-hmm. with the person that owned the mall intercept research for movies in the entertainment mm-hmm. business. His name was Joe Farrell. Um, may he rest in peace. He passed recently. And mm-hmm. he, uh, he was the godfather to everyone's, you know, to studio chiefs. And, and the client said to me, but we have an exclusive relationship with um, Joe. I said, let me see the contract. And in the contract, it said exclusivity for mall intercept because that's all they had at the time. Mm -hmm. And I said, but I'm online. That was a loophole, loophole. you know, like, so there were all these little loopholes. So the first thing I realized is there's always a solution. You just have to find it. it. The second thing I realized is we're better together. And, you know, whenever I have that scary moment, and it's how the female quotient started, whenever I have a scary moment, what do you do? You call your girlfriends and you say, I want to try this. Will you come with me and pay it forward to other women? And, and that was, you know, what, and, and that really is my modus operandi today is mm. really, there is nothing more important than the power of the pack. A woman alone is power. Collectively, we have impact. When you're a little nervous about doing something, how do you really um, eliminate that fear? You, you go together. And mm-hmm. it still might be scary, but it's a lot less scary when you go together and a hell of a lot more fun when you're all together. So Power of the Pack um, really was another really important moment for me um, as an entrepreneur trying new things. Wow. Now, Shelly, can you name a person who has had tremendous impact on you as a leader? Um. Uh, so many, so mm-hmm. many people that, you know, I admire and have inspired me in, in so many different ways. You know, I, I created this phrase mentorship in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. It's not just about wisdom from the top down or bottom up. It's sharing the learning all around. And you could get bits and bites of, you know, knowledge from so many different people. I don't think that it's one person that, you know, defines that you know, those learning moments for me, so many. Right now, I have to say it's my pack. It's, you know, the FQ pack. I'm surrounded by the most incredible women supporting one another. Uh, Madeline Albright says, women that don't support other women deserve a place in hell. We (laughs) say that women that support other women deserve a place in heaven. And there are so many incredible women in my life. I just hung up the phone with my girlfriend, Gail Tifford, who's Mm -hmm. the chief brand officer at WW, Weight Watchers. And mm-hmm. she just was on um, Gary V's show, Gary Vaynerchuk's, uh-huh. talking about the power of the pack and how for her it was this, you know, support system that we've all created collectively that give us all that 
confidence to bring our best selves to Mm -hmm. the table, our whole selves to the table, our true selves to the table. And, um, you know, when, when, when you were all working together with this shared voice and amplifying each other, realizing our differences, are our greatest strength, I mean, magic happens. And, yeah. and you know, so I have so many amazing girlfriends that I could talk about individually as my network. And women, you know, the best advice comes from women who have been there, done that, and can share Absolutely. truth. It, Absolutely. It's not, as we said, it's not in that textbook. That was written a long time ago. It's It's that living and breathing life lessons that we continuously grow, stretch, learn, um, but you got to be open to it. You got to have, you know, you can't be that defense. No, you know, you got to be able to listen and, and hear, not just listen. You got to process that and, you know, internalize that. So I just want to thank everyone in, you know, the FQ pack that every single day challenges me, supports me, um, has been calling through this, you know, moment in time, what can we do um, to help? And I, I think that's really what makes the world go around and makes us all so much better. That power of collaboration where we're all in this together and we know that we are better together uh, when we're sharing. Wow. I love that. I have this tribe, women tribe, we call it the women of EO, the entrepreneurs organization. And we are just, you know, in communication every second Anytime, like, you know, we share our issues with no judgment. That's amazing. Like everyone's embracing that. So it's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, listen, I, I find it so valuable and you'll always have, you know, those women that just want to be in their own zone or, you know, and that's okay. You know, it's, it's not saying it's, it's for everyone, but I have to tell you the love, the light, the support. I mean, it has just, um, it, it makes me a better person every single day. Love that. Now, Shelly, what have been the biggest challenges you've had to overcome? Mm. Oh, I have so many. I have so many. Um, and I didn't even, sometimes I don't even think I knew they were challenges. Like I'm sure I was paid less than most men at my level. So if I went back and uh, asked for what I was worth at the time, I'm sure I could, you know, have a lot of extra cash in, in my bank account. <laughs> um, but they also have been driving forces for me. And so, I mean, it really all started when I had my first review. Mm-hmm. I must have been 25, 26 years old. I don't remember. And I, um, maybe I was 27. And I, I walked into my interview, uh, my review, and we only had typewriters at the time. And it was my boss, it was a 10 page review. And I'm like walking in with confidence. I'm going to get a raise. I'm going to get a promotion. I'm so good. I'm doing so much stuff. You know, I support everyone. I, you know, I do everything I'm supposed to do. I'm a goody two shoes. And I walk in and sit down. And the first three minutes of my hour review were very generically nice. You know, you're nice. You're, you know, a good team, you know, whatever. And then the rest ripped me to shreds. I push people out of their comfort zone. I, I, you know, I, I take too many people to lunch. I spend, you know, I, I don't need a free lunch. You know, I I do it because it was about relationship building. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be an order taker, which was not who I, it was, it was horrible. And I remember like these tears, I'm with this male bought these tears coming down my face. And I remember having 
two options. Mm-hmm. One, to agree and say, you're so right. You know, I'm going to change. Or do what I said, which was look at him and say, you are so wrong. You, you are making the biggest mistake of your life because I don't know how to be someone that I'm not. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I, I'll never forget that moment. And I stayed a little while longer, but then I had another moment in that same company where it was just my time mm-hmm. where I thought to myself, well, why am I never right? And why is the way I, I operate or lead or manage clients not okay? And I just can't be someone that I'm not, I can't fake it consistently. Yeah. I have to be me. And so there was this moment where I was sitting and talking to all my bosses, male, 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 male. And they were talking about, you know, what they think the innovation strategy was. And I remember saying, well, why don't we migrate research from offline to online? And they said, well, it's not the right time mm-hmm. because there's no one online. It's not a representative population. The next week I was on a panel with the chief research officer, of Procter & Gamble, the largest marketer in the world. And my bosses were all in the front row and I'm whispering with Larry Mock and I come off the stage and my bosses are all surrounding me. What happened? What happened? I said, oh, I just asked him, when is the right time to come in and talk about online research? And he said, next week. So I guess it's the right time. And my boss is like, oh my God, that is amazing. Joe will go, Paul will go, Ringo will go, and Star will go. And I'm like, well, what about Shelly? And like, well, it's really a boys club, which it was at the time. Like men couldn't even wear earrings in their ear at Proctor at that time. And so we think this is the right group. And I said, well, that's fine. If you're the right group, I will cancel the meeting and you can all wait for the right time to go. And, you know, and that was just this incredible, I call them heartbeat moments. It was a heartbeat moment for me where I asked myself the question, when will I ever be right? And unless I go and create my own company, which mm-hmm. was called OTX, Online Testing Exchange, and I create the uncorporate rules, I'll undo all the rules that I hated about that corporate structure, I will never be able to thrive in the workplace and manage having a family and manage you know, a career. And that was this pivot moment for me where I just said, this is it. And from then on, I just had to follow my heart follow my intuition, right or wrong, you know, I needed to be consistent and live the life that I wanted to design for myself with a no regret policy. Wow. Now, Shelly, where is that strength coming from? You can't make this shit up. Like, I didn't have a choice. It was, you know, survival of the fittest and I had to survive for me, but I didn't want to just survive. I wanted to thrive and I wanted to bring you know, all dimensions of who I am. You know, we think about work-life balance. There is no such thing as balance. Life is not 50-50. It's not neat. It's messy. You have one life with many dimensions, your career, your family, your community, your friends, and the fifth that we always forget about is ourselves. And you can't always split the pie, you know, five ways with 20% each. You're going to have to accommodate throughout your life stages, you know, what works and what doesn't. And sometimes I had to combine things. So I, you know, the me time was exercise. My friends, I would just combine it. My friends would all come and we'd work out together or I'd have breakfast with them or, you know, so you just got to mix and match in the moment. Wow. 
Now, Shelly, what advice would you give to an aspiring female entrepreneur? Oh, so many pieces of advice. Uh, failure will lead to some of your greatest successes. Just don't make stupid mistakes, typos, and you know those are dumb mistakes. Big or little, it doesn't really matter. Those are growth moments. Um, so own your mistakes as steps in your journey. <clears throat> don't be afraid to zig or zag as you need to. A lot of us are, you know, so afraid of what's next. The worst thing that can happen is you goof. The best thing that can happen is you evolve and learn. Um, third, there's always a yes. You just got to find it. And that's, you know, be creative. Fourth, you have a whole network of incredible people out there. Um, ask. If you don't ask, you'll never know, right? The worst thing that can happen is you'll get a no. The best thing that can happen is you'll get a yes. Mentorship in the moment. Don't look for that one perfect mentor. Perfection is, you know, I think our imperfections are our greatest perfections. Um, just collect knowledge from wherever you can get it and absorb process and then you know find your own you know definition that imposter syndrome we all have that voice in our head my Careful. girlfriend wendy clark says just shut that bitch up and move <laughs> move on men and women have it men just ignore it and women it gets amplified and screaming in your head shut that bitch up um and i think most importantly and sarah jessica parker says this um in one of her movies trying to be a man is a waste of a woman hmm. Trying to be a man is a waste of a woman. Don't just conform to the masculine, decisive, linear, aggressive, assertive. Mm -hmm. Embrace your feminine, those soft powers, those invisible powers, nurturing, empathy, compassion, resilience. You are seeing this, especially in COVID moments. These are the strengths that are defining true leadership today. Women on the front line, countries run by women. They were the first to act. We, we might not be able to brag about ourselves, but we have no problem bragging about, you know, our girlfriends. So, you know, embrace that. Brag about yourself. Be proud of yourself. You know, that is okay. And celebrate your differences as, as your greatest strengths. And then, of course, Oscar Wilde says, be yourself because everyone else is taken. And I think that that is just such an important value mechanism. If we all looked the same, acted the same, thought the same, we would be unnecessary. And so you have a seat at the table because you are worthy of that. Know your value. And so for all of you entrepreneurs out there, it's not just about having a great idea mm -hmm. because a great idea is not going to have legs in the long run. Have a great idea but also surround yourself with the right group of people that can take that idea along its journey to turning it into a business. And just because you have a great idea doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with being a great leader. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you, you gotta have that skill, learn that skill, build that skill, or surround yourself with complementary pieces so that you can ride the journey through the zigs, the zags, you know, the ups, the downs. Um, and especially in COVID moment, don't just think about cash flow liquidity, but think about cash flow runway. And my girlfriend, Hope Tates, you know, taught me that. Um, I, I think that it is such an important nuance um, along the way. Wow. 
A lot of great wisdom there, Sheila. Thank you for sharing. Now, how do you find success? To me, um, success, and it's what I talked about before, it's what my parents taught me. There's a, a Jewish expression, he who ha'ashir ha'sameach b'chalko, who is a wealthy one, one who's happy with what she has. And I think, you know, so many people <clears throat> are always wanting more and aspiring, but yeah. you know what? Love yourself and where you are. And, um, you know, I, I really do believe that for me, success throughout my career, you know, when you love what you do, it's called passion. When you don't, it's called stress. And, you know, it's, it's just so incredibly important to love what you do. That's success for me and, and not being so hard on yourself. You know, it, it's, it's what I talked about in a, another podcast, um, this expression, perfect people aren't real, real people aren't perfect. Um, but success is really about um, internal happiness and you're gonna have good days you're gonna have bad days but you know really you gotta always look at the how do you turn lemons into lemonade you know there's always a silver lining and um, you've got to make your own bed no one's gonna make it for you um, so you know I've had tough times and you know moments that I kind of oh, just can't do this but the truth is yes you can success is how you define it and what your bar is and what's your threshold. And Tony Robbins taught me something. Um, I got stuck on an airplane with him over 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was just so this wisdom, you know, and he drew it on a napkin for me and I, I share it all the time. And I actually saw him recently and reminded him of the things he taught me. And he he's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. He says, sometimes we put success or, you know, into one big bucket. You go from here to here, and if you don't get there, you think you failed and you go backwards. He says, success is like being in a hundred-story building. If you're in a building and there's an elevator, you push a hundred, you shoot your way up to the top. But if the elevator's broken, you have to take the steps. Boom, 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 boom. If you get to the 10th step and it's got you know red tape, what are you going to do? Go back or you're going to find a way around it. Yeah. So success is truly how you define it. And, you know, and then one day you're going to look back and say, wow, look how far I've come. So don't be so hard on yourself. It's not going to happen overnight. It is a process. It is a step change. And you can, you know, navigate your way through it because you control those choices in your life, that intentionality of um, expectation. Love it. Now, Shelly, what do you see as your place or purpose in life? Just to be the best that I can be and, and live in truth and, you know, know that some of my mistakes, I'm just human. Um, but, oh, all right, let me just give my kid. Oh, come Let me just give my kid. I have to pause for one second. Everyone that's watching on live. Sorry. <laughs> my son, Alex, I was talking about you. and Hi. Yeah, I love you. Call me from the road. Love you guys. Have the best time. I love you. Take food for the road. Oh, that's, Sorry, that's so my sweet. kids. Uh, uh, those are the ones that today Get was their wedding day. <laughs> so they're going to Santa Barbara to have a little weekend just to enjoy. Um, anyways, so, uh, you know, I, I think that um, it's, it's your value system. Mm -hmm. And it, it's, 
I just, I just live with who I am because you can't be someone else consistently. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I really do think forward of, you know, what is legacy for me? And, and it is about giving back with generosity. It is about paying it forward with kindness and it is juggling multitasking on steroids and just doing the best that you can do and not apologizing. Sorry, not sorry, but this is just who I am. Love it. Oh my God, Shelly, that's a lot of, I have to keep on listening to this podcast over and over again, write everything, all the advice you've given us. Now, Shelly, where can we find you? What's your handle? So at Shelly's Alice, at Female Quotient. Um, we also have our website, uh, thefemalequotient.com. Um, uh, you can send me a text, 310-990-1899. Uh, LinkedIn, I mean, we're, we're kind of, you'll find me. So if you want to find me, I am here and I will respond. Um, and, uh, you know, I think this is what makes the world go around. We all, we're all here for each other. Yeah. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for your time. That, those are great advice. I love all those wisdoms. I can't, you know, I, oh my God, I appreciate your time and thank you so much. Oh, uh, my greatest pleasure. You're a great interviewer. I had so much fun with you. <laughs> no, thank you. I was very nervous knowing what oh. I interviewed. I was like, you know, I get a little bit nervous. Your lesson, because by the way, I did not sense that at all. So for everyone listening, sometimes you got to get, you know, you, you're going to be uncomfortable. You're going to, you're going to need to be uncomfortable, but mm-hmm. the more uncomfortable you get, the more comfortable you become. And, you know, that's just what it is. So I got to say, you didn't seem nervous at all. I loved the conversation and you are just, you know, one of a kind, wonderful. So you keep being you. Thank you so much. And you keep inspiring all of those around you. I'm so inspired by you. I'm just just listening to you, giving me goosebumps. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay healthy. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And visit katehancock.com so you don't miss out on the next episode.